John, you and I saw each other at the Vikings practice on Wednesday, and uh, it reminded me why I don't miss watching practices for a living. Uh, but, but you know, the thing is, you stand there for hours, and it feels like you're just watching another football practice. You do get some hints as to what's going on. You do get to talk to some people. Uh, my impression on Wednesday, we're talking here on Thursday morning, uh, before the Vikings practice again with the Titans, and a few days before their, their second preseason game, at U.S. Bank Stadium. My sense was that the Vikings kind of got their butts kicked on Wednesday. I'm just not mm-hmm. sure it matters. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really hard to kind of, um, even in sort of a semi-full go practices like like they are with the Titans here this week, it's hard to really reach any grand conclusions um, on things. But I, I do think it is fair after watching the way that uh, both Kevin O'Connell spoke about the practices and then just the practices themselves that it seemed like they were manhandled up front a bit. Um, And so there's going to be some, a lot of, I guess, attention on the offensive line, but they don't have Brian O'Neill there yet. They're they're working him back in. And, um, and, you know, this was a good early litmus test for them just to see where they are and see how far they have to go. So it doesn't mean that, you know, everything is the world is falling apart or anything, but I do think it can offer a bit of a reality check and just say, okay, you know, let's step it up here and let's kind of figure things out because um, I do think Jeffrey Simmons and the Titans defense really did kind of have their way with the Vikings offensive line uh, on day one, didn't give Kirk Cousins a whole lot of time or room to throw. Right. We're not going to spend a lot of time on practice. Just want to open that since that's uh, new. If you if you are prone to panic, what you could say is the last two times we've seen the uh, Vikings starters really together in any kind of competitive situation, an opposing offensive defensive lineman has taken them apart. But again, we don't have to overreact to that. There's a lot more going on at camp we want to get to. This is the Viking Update Show. He's John Krasinski. From The Athletic, I'm Jim Suhan from Start to Be and Brandon Morton, as always, is our producer. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios. Thanks to Aquarius Home Services, TSR Injury Law, and Starbank. Thanks also to our newest sponsor on this show and several shows across the network, Caldera Lab. I'm using it. I, I will tell you more about it here in a little bit. Uh, best way to listen to this show, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. Any show you like at TalkNorth.com, easiest way to listen, free way to listen, Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. You might also be interested in Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. Of course, I saw Jeff, spent a lot of time with Jeff, the former Vikings general manager, uh, this week as well. Uh, let's let's shift now to the receiving. Uh, I'm sorry, to the running back position for the Vikings. That is becoming uh, more of an intriguing position than I really thought it would be. And I think it's intriguing in different ways than the national people think it is. I think the national reporters see... Kareem Hunt coming in for a visit. They see some some you know some shade being thrown at the position by Vikings coaches or analysts, and they think, okay, boy, they should have kept Alvin Cook and Alvin Madison. Alexander Madison's not the guy. I really, especially after talking to people yesterday, John, I read it completely differently. I think they like Alexander Madison. I think they're very comfortable with him as a starter. I think they wanted to see more out of Ty Chandler being a solid number two. I think he gave them most of what they were looking for in Seattle. I think their concern is depth. Longo hasn't been on the field. He really hasn't proven he's an NFL running back, even though he has great return skills, great open field skills. And McBride did not look good in his first experience uh, in the NFL. I think they're worried about depth, and I think they're going to continue to look at running backs. I wouldn't be surprised if they picked up somebody off waivers on cutdown day. 
Yeah, I, I think that I totally agree with the way that you read it, Jim. It seems like, um, you know, they I think they feel really good about Alexander Madison. I think they feel like they can trust him, that he's reliable, that he's going to give them what they need with their starting offense. But they also know that in the, this league, you need absolutely need multiple good running backs because there's going to be injuries. There's going to be things that happen over the course of a long season um, that are, are going to require you to, to go into your depth a little bit at that position. And so uh, yeah, I, part of the reason that I think the national media are, are looking at it that way is, is just frankly that Alexander Madison has not made a name for himself yet in this league. He's been behind Dalvin cook. He's been a nice, more of a workhorse back um, in the, in the small kind of starting opportunities that he's had, hasn't done anything spectacularly well, but if you watch him up close and personal, you, you know, like he does all of the little things that Kevin O'Connell wants in his offense um, and should fit in nicely as the starting running back. Um, but what they need is another guy that they can go to when Madison is dinged up or when they need a different kind of change of pace, something like that to, to throw in there. And they just haven't found that yet. Yes. I think Chandler had a nice day, a uh, nice uh, season debut in Seattle. So that's one, but given Wang Wu's injury, given what they have seen from the seventh round pick uh, that they drafted McBride, I, I don't think that he's, shown that he's ready for uh the the full-on playbook and the whole workload and everything that he's working through and so they are looking at the cream hunts of the world they're looking at i think mike davis was another one that they brought in mm -hmm. recently they're bringing in a bunch of guys to take a look and just see if there's a veteran out there who can be a number two slash number three back that can step in if they need it in a pinch. And they just don't feel like they have that right now on the roster behind Alexander Madison. Yep, exactly. And I think, you know, one thing people should understand about Madison is he's a really nice combination of brains and brawn. He's a smart guy. Uh, he knows the offense. Uh, he can get you tough yardage. He's had explosive games in relief of Cook. We, you know, what we really, I think the only thing we don't know about Madison is what's his durability going to be like uh, as a, a number one NFL back. And you just don't know that about anybody until they have to play. Yeah. And, and I think that the one other like kind of sneaky factor here, Jim, that I'm looking at a little bit is, um, you know, TJ Hawkinson has not been out mm -hmm. there. And so, you go, we went into training camp and we are anticipating going into the regular season, believing that the Vikings are taking the approach with their offense that they don't need the Dalvin cook, Adrian Peterson, you know, Robert Smith kind of explosiveness in the run game. Um, as much with how this offense is going to go with cousins, with Jefferson, with um, Hawkinson, with Addison, like with all the weapons in the passing game, it feels like this whole offense is being constructed to where the running game is just a nice little support mechanism for the passing game. But given that Hawkinson has not really been um, participating yet, he's kind of working his way back from the ear infection 
and everything. I think that it has sort of maybe even exposed the running game situation a little bit more, or at least makes them even more want to be even more aggressive in going out and addressing it just just in case something with Hawkinson doesn't doesn't figure out or if he's just a little bit behind at the start of the regular season and has a little bit of catching up to do because of all the time that he's missed. Um, Just in case Brian O'Neill takes a little bit of time to work his way back into the offensive line and get it moving uh, and, and get back to the dominant performer that he is. Uh, you're going to need to use your backs a little bit more in pass protection and in the in the running game and just as a little bit more of a featured component, perhaps, than maybe they they thought they would have at the start of this training camp. Yes, and you've been a beat writer for a very long time. I was a beat writer for a, a certain period of time. Uh, beat writers are trained to be paranoid because... Yes. Uh, sometimes, sometimes we cover people who lie to us. Sometimes we cover people who just won't tell us anything. Sometimes we tell we cover people who will hint but won't say. Sometimes we tell you know. I mean, there are a lot of varieties of people we cover. Uh, what my paranoid former beat writer antenna is asking right now is okay. T.J. Hawkinson wanted a new contract. He has not gotten a new contract, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he has an ailment that can't be seen with the naked eye. Uh, I'm not saying he's he's playing a game uh, to get a new contract, but I'm always a little suspicious when the injury isn't something that you can measure. Yeah, you, yeah, it's. I mean, it's a great point. I, honestly, like I hadn't kind of gone down that road a whole lot yet. Um, understanding that this contract is hanging out there, um, maybe believing that he does have some leverage. Uh, th- I can't rule that out. Um, certainly, I don't have any um, any evidence to right. cite that that's the case. But yeah, you you know, especially I think in the NFL, when a player does get into the position where he may have a little bit of leverage, he's got to use whatever he can to get what he what he can get while he is healthy and. Um, on two legs and walking around and maybe, you know, and Hawkinson certainly is in that position and absolutely is probably their second, not, I don't think probably is their second most important receiver that they have or pass catcher. So um, that is going to be interesting to watch whether that is related to these absences or not. Um, If that gets resolved before the season starts, because um, that, those kinds of things have a potential to change the way the whole chemistry of a locker room, of a huddle, of all of that, if it's not resolved to everyone's liking. And they we all expect them to get a deal done with Jefferson. Maybe they'll announce yeah. it like the Sunday before the season starts, something like that, but it hasn't happened yet. Hawkinson. They valued him enough to trade for him in the middle of the season and give up some real assets. Obviously, they want him here long term. That hasn't been done. That might be dependent on the Jefferson deal getting done. But there are, you know, it's listen. They're both in camp. Uh, neither's complaining. It's not. It's not the worst situation in the world. But it is unresolved and it's something to watch. Here's the other thing. Um, you know, they basically have four prime receivers. They have Jefferson, who's the best. They have. KJ Osborne, who's going to fit in where, depending on where the other people play and how they perform. And then you have Hawkinson and Addison who are 
designed to be the second and third most important receivers in this offense. Addison now has concussion symptoms, is not going to is not is out for right now. Hawkinson hasn't been playing much. It's it's not ideal. I, I'm not going to say it's the end of the world. I'm not going to say it's going to cost them games yet, but it's not an ideal way to go through camp. Yeah, and and I mean, I think one thing you always see in these situations is the you know the coach and everyone ah you know everything's gonna be fine um yeah they've missed some time but it's okay uh they'll get up to speed really quickly and there's a general trying of optimism trying to uh you know explain away the absences uh and, and and really just try and soothe everyone say it's gonna be fine a lot of times when you do get these extended ab- absences in camp, if they don't get back 10 days a week before uh, the season opens, you see some rust. You see just timing issues that are off. You see um, all of these things that, you know, the work that goes into the, to these camps, it, it's just a little bit off. And that can be enough in week one or week two of a season as a team is finding itself um, for a loss to happen. And, you know, for this team, which played on the very razor's edge in terms of margin for error last year, and it worked out for them all season until the playoffs, uh, that's got to be a little bit disconcerting right now um, while they're juggling some of this stuff. Absolutely. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios. Here's more about Aquarius Home Services. Once again, welcome to Caldera Lab. I'm using their products right now. Hey, we all know first impressions matter. And if you're not taking care of your skin, that's going to be the first thing someone notices. They'll think you're way older than you are, or you just don't care about your appearance. Show them that you do and make a great first impression with Caldera Lab. The promo code associated with this show is Viking. So use the promo code Viking. You will get 20% off uh, at calderalab.com. That's C-A-L-D-E-R. A-L-A-B.com. C-A-L-D-A-E-R-A-L-A-B.com. It shouldn't be that hard. Uh, but if you use promo code Viking, you'll get 20% off. That's the best deal you get on Caldera Lab anywhere. I'm using it right now. And, you know, listen, my, my skin's all beat up and it's making my skin feel better. It's smoothing it out. I'm breaking out less often. I'm touching my face less often because I know that stuff is on there. Uh, so it's protecting me in more than one way. I highly recommend using it. Listen, if you're, you're going to brush your teeth in the morning, do what I do. Keep Caldera Lab stuff. And they have a variety, of, a wide variety of stuff for different parts of your face and head and neck. Keep it by your toothbrush. Use it right after you brush your teeth. You will not regret it. Uh, I love it. CalderaLab.com. Promo code Viking. Thanks also to TSR Injury Law, 612 TSR Time. You know the drill. Uh, if you are injured, just call 612-TSR-TIME. They will take good care of you. If they can't help you, they'll steer you elsewhere. If they win your, if they will not charge you unless they win your case, and they win a lot of cases. That's why they are one of Minnesota's great success stories. Thanks also to Star Bank. Scott for Aquarius Home Services. Between the heat waves and poor air quality, have you noticed how much time we're spending indoors this summer? It can make you wonder about your home's air quality. Good news. Aquarius is providing a free indoor air purification system with the purchase of a new AC and furnace system. Remove and reduce allergens, mold, and even viruses. Amazing indoor air is just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. Aquarius, earning the right to be recommended.
Banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about Star Bank. Star Bank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family-owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at Star Bank, and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be. A throwback to the good days. Mobile app check. Convenient services. You got it. Check out Star Bank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with a local community bank that cares. Starbank.net. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. All right, so let's get to uh, the secondary. Um, I thought some of their corners showed up pretty well in the first preseason game. Booth got burned. Uh, scene did not look good. The rumblings I'm hearing are that they are really concerned about both and maybe more about Scene. He just does not seem to be adapting very well. He does not, you know, uh, Kevin O'Connell has actually talked about hey, he's got to, you know, he's got to be a better tackler. That his strength is supposed to be tackling and hitting. Uh, when he tried to come up and hit people in the Seattle game, he got knocked over. Uh, I think he's a, I think he's a big concern right now, and and frankly, he's not coming close to displacing Cam Bynum at this moment. Yeah, he, he definitely isn't. I, I was watching him at practice yesterday a little bit, um, trying to kind of get a gauge on where he is, how far he's coming along, and um, even in Jim the this kind of the special teams portion of the practice where they had like this drill. Um, where you kind of, it's basically you know, blocking gunners and trying to keep them from getting to a tackling dummy. And uh, there were several times in that drill where he just looked like slow. Um, mm-hmm. He looked like he was not athletic enough to keep up with uh, with the guys that he was trying to block and and he was getting burned, uh, quite frankly. And and so what I don't know for sure is is that just a byproduct of missing an entire year and still kind of getting his legs back underneath him? I mean, I don't, I, I couldn't blame him if he's a little heavy legged right now um, while he's kind of going through all of this stuff uh, really for the first time in a long time. But that does not uh, hide the fact that I think that there were a lot of hopes that he would come back from that injury and that he would step in right away and show that he is a big physical presence on the back end next to Harrison Smith, and you could slot him in and he'd be good and ready to go. I think so far what you're seeing is um, yeah, heavy legs, uh, tentative, and not athletic enough to play that position. And so what they do going forward uh, is going to be very, very interesting. He's a first-round pick. Obviously, there's a lot invested in him, and you want to make that right. Um, but if he's not there, uh, you certainly can't force it, and it would not surprise me at all if Cam Bynum is the guy there just from what we're seeing so far with Lewis Seen, whether it is because of you know the slowness in coming back from a very significant injury or whether there are problems just – with him um, physically that are going to prevent him from ever becoming what Quasi Odafomensa thought he was uh, able to become when they drafted him. Yes. And uh, listen, they, they drafted him to be a starting safety. He's not there yet. I will say Cam Bynum uh, is an easy guy to root for. Uh, sure. Great personality, you know, adaptable, uh, just wants to be on the field, uh, you know. So, I, not that I'm not rooting for Lewis Seen, but uh, it's it's kind of cool to see Cam Bynum, uh, you know, putting up a good fight. Yeah, and and but and here's the other thing too, Jim. Like, the, remember the, the the Vikings traded down mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and and accumulated picks and got Lewis seen, they could have had Kyle Hamilton, yep. who by all accounts seems to be headed for stardom with the Baltimore Ravens. Yep. And he plays the exact same position. And at the time, while he this isn't hindsight, you know, that he was very labeled as the next big thing at safety in um in this league like he had he had a bunch of you know draft analysts and everyone was really high on Kyle Hamilton as you know as a player who could really be a star in this league and the Vikings were on the clock they could have taken him they did not take him they traded out and um and accumulated picks and and grab scene and not only has seen you know not really um yeah, done anything to to kind of to garner like any real optimism about where he's going. But I don't know that I'd have to go back and look at the exact picks that they got. But th- that draft is not panning out so far for the Vikings, and so um, that's that could be something long term that uh, that they really kick themselves about. Yes, and here's here's what I find really interesting. Uh, I think Quezzy came in wanting to do things differently. Uh, and I did a piece talking to him and Falvey, uh, you know, these are, they're, they're friendly and they have a lot of mutual friends, including Andrew Miller. And I talked to them uh, uh, this spring. And one thing they kind of both said uh, is, Hey, how do you get ahead? If you do things the same as everybody else, they pride themselves on thinking differently and doing things differently. The danger is you will take pride in doing things differently instead of just making the obvious pick sometimes. Uh, and that seems like what happens, you know, Quasi's first draft, I think he was trying to be unconventional. I think he was trying to mix things up and break some rules and try different things. And right now it looks like a terrible draft. His second year, it looked like he just took the best player available in most cases. And, you know, if Addison's the player we think he's going to be, we're probably going to think this is a pretty good draft. Yeah. Yep. And, and there's plenty of luck that's involved in these things. There's all sorts of things that can happen. Um, yeah, maybe if Seen is not injured and he had a full year, uh, maybe he's in much better position than he is right now. But it, it's a results-oriented business, um, and right now, looking at those results, uh, not ideal for what the Vikings want and what the Vikings need on the back end. I mean, imagine if they did have Kyle Hamilton back there, and then you think, okay, Harrison Smith is in his last few years here, um, and then you can easily, quickly transition to the next great Viking safety, uh, that would be a pretty good thing to do. And I, and I, I really don't, I don't like to do the hindsight thing in the draft, especially this early, a lot of times, because, you know, everyone gets a whole lot smarter when you've had a whole year of results to grade on, um, in the, in the, um, in the NFL. But this in particular case was one that was pretty obvious, you know, this was, you know, this was the Vikings passing up Warren Sapp for Derek Alexander. This is, you know, the, the, these were things that um, where you look at it and you say, this guy is a talent, a real, real talent and at a position of need. And we're not going to do that. We're going to we're going to move back instead. And that's so those ones are a little bit more, a little bit easier to say um, it felt wrong at the time. And it, it, it still feels wrong a year plus later. Let's end on this note. Uh, once again, putting in the context of it's just training camp stuff, Harrison Smith looks really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a guy at his age, uh, who frankly should be in decline, 
Uh, and it was hard to judge him last year because he was trying to plug 18 uh, holes in the dike at once. Uh, Wednesday, going against uh, a big physical offense, he was everywhere. Yeah, and I think like w- with Harrison Smith, but also with much of the defense, you hear them all say how uh, impressed they have been and how much respect they have for Brian Flores and the system that he's brought in. Um, I've said on this show plenty of times that I want to wait and see uh, how they perform in the regular season before I'm ready to say that Ed Donatel was the worst ever and it should, you know, and, and, and it was all his his fault. Um, I, you know, I want to see the talent play um, and, and see if they still do have enough talent on this on this roster. But uh, certainly to see Harrison Smith playing as aggressively as he is uh, to, you know, to listen to Daniel Hunter talk, to listen to, um, you know, Jordan Hicks and many of the players on this defense talk about the change from Donatel to Flores, they feel much more emboldened. They feel like there are no more restraints on them. And I think that Harrison Smith is going to benefit as much as anybody on this defense by being turned loose a little bit. And there was a tentativeness last year with this defense as a whole. There was kind of a, a lack of trust in each other and certainly in their, in their leader, in their defensive coordinator. And so um, if you get back to the kind of playmaking game wrecking Harrison Smith, uh, that in it, in and of itself is going to be a huge difference for this defense and give them a chance to not be completely embarrassing like they were last year. Uh, well put. Hey, remember, uh, we have Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider, a good complimentary show to this one with Jeff offering a lot of insights. He was right on about the Daniel Hunter contract negotiations. He just uh, he knows what he's talking about. Check out, out also our basketball show called the John Krasinski Show. I'll let you guess who is the host of that one. Uh, check out everything at TalkNorth.com, Variety, outdoors, and tons of sports, tons of hockey. Everything's at TalkNorth.com. Thanks again to our producer, Brandon Morton, and we'll talk to you next week.